Good morning. Welcome to the Summit Realty Group Podcast. I'm Nick Williams here with Blake. Yep. Hey. And our friend Casey Price. She's with uh, Midnight Sun Bookkeeping. Full disclosure, she is our bookkeeper. But uh, we wanted to come in and just kind of talk about tax preparation, uh, what write-offs are, uh, some business acquisition tips, and then how to just run a healthy business in general, profit and loss, uh, balance sheets, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to keep it entertaining. So Casey, how are you doing this morning? doing good it's early it is early yeah guys uh, we're <laughs> filming or recording a little bit earlier than usual today so it's like 6 a.m on a friday and uh yeah so <laughs> deal with us while we're trying to get some coffee in us as well nick's a bit of a diva we can't say why but he's got a busy <laughs> schedule and maybe <laughs> later do. we'll say why and i made everybody else very <laughs> uncomfortable this morning because of that so <laughs> well how's everything going it's going good I so mean, life is busy it's summer so, what yeah. does that mean for you um, kids are at home. Yep. I have four boys that oh, keep me busy and, you know, a busy business. Yep. So. And not only that, you, you're not just in Alaska. No. You're a little puddle hopper and you jump back and forth to where? Arizona? Yes. Constantly. Arizona. Yes. So Con- we decided to snowbird and... We come home for the summer when... For you Alaska, non-Alaskans that might be listening, uh, snowboarding is when you leave our wretchedly cold area and head to warmer climates in the winter months. Yes. Snowboarding. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's been pretty hot. I, I'm ready for snow. I'm hanging out with some lower 48ers <laughs> right now during the day, and uh, hearing them complain oh. about 80-degree weather is hilarious. Yeah. Now, I'm dripping sweat, too. I'm not trying to say that... Uh, you know, I'm taking any better than they are, but it is exhausting. It's hot. It's sweaty right now, and I'm kind of loving it. Well, let me make a little PSA here okay. to do with the humidity because we're much more humid here than we normally are because we're basically normally a desert. desert. Yeah, yeah. So it's very dry. So we've been very humid. So I've had uh, just bought a new house, and in the past they said there was some water intrusion in the basement area. So I went through and did some repairs on that just this past weekend. Okay, no. He dug up half his foundation, all right? Yeah. He, there was an excavator involved. Here. <laughs> yeah, I just awesome. went out with a shovel and <laughs> laid down a French drain. <laughs> so I did that. And anytime I do any project, first time I've done that, anytime I do any project, there's always this concern that you've done it wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So my wife calls me two days ago and is like, hey, there's water in the basement. And I'm like, it hadn't rained or anything. I was like, all I did was add like a protective barrier. So I was like, I don't really know. I don't know. Let me call Tim, the engineer. He's going to have a good idea. I was like, is this normal? Like, is, did I do something wrong? And the reason I'm saying this is he's like, no, it's freaking humid. The dew point is 63 degrees. So if anything is 63 degrees or cooler, it's going to start condensating. So the basement, of course, is cooler. I've got baseboard heat around all the exterior walls, and it's just a bunch of metal surface area that's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were just dripping and puddling up. So, if so you I have nothing water, to do with your foundation. Nothing, to, but it was so close. Um, so if you have that happening in your house, it well, it could be water leaking in, but also it could just be condensation. And you cannot get condensation if you have airflow. So a fan will take care of it. I don't know how to get a fan on every wall of my house, so we're just kind of like mopping it up. But it's these not that are much. problems that you don't have in Arizona, where the yeah. humidity point is zero <laughs> degrees or it's, zero yeah. percent. It's it's a lot drier. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember when I moved desert. up here, I um, I came from Arkansas, which is very, very humid all the time. 
And I remembered I have like a cold, cold glass of water or something here. I was like, oh, none of the glasses are sweating. Yeah. Like, and now we're, I'm getting like rings and stuff mm-hmm. on, uh, so on yeah, it's, and everything, it's yeah. a weird, weird time for us. So anyways, let's start with the bookkeeping. Cause I, I think there can be, um, a few items when people buy their house, you always hear about it being like good. It's a good tax write off or this or that. Like what is, what is for people's personal residence? What are they usually talking about? In that case, well, yeah, let's let's like, talk about it this way. Let's start from the beginning. What's the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? Oh, okay. Um, accountant does more overview stuff. They can do the journal entries. They foresee things. Maybe bookkeeper. I mean, bookkeepers are awesome too because they get all the data together. Right. Which accountants do too. Would it be fair for me to say an accountant is like an attorney, whereas a bookkeeper is like a paralegal? Does all the real work, does all the prep, but gets none of the glory, right? (laughs) None of the glory. (laughs) I would say that for the CPA, right? Because an accountant doesn't mean they're a CPA. Correct. That is true. Yeah. Common common phrases versus actual terms. Yeah. Um, well, so with businesses, really, the foundation is going to be your bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the CPAs. And I agree. Like, I depend yeah. on those statements and those balance Numbers. sheets and P&Ls. Because if you don't know if your business is actually profitable or not, just because you have money coming in doesn't mean you're profitable. I've had countless clients that started their own businesses, yeah. made $200,000 in the first year, and went bankrupt in year two. Yeah. Why is that? They didn't factor in taxes. They didn't factor in write-offs. They weren't running their business correctly. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I made two hundred grand. That's my $200,000. Then the IRS comes and knocks on the door and says, I want that $100,000 because of your business and the way you're set up and established, uh, sole proprietorship, LLC, whatever. And um, because of that, they didn't have enough money left over because when you make money, you spend money mm-hmm. um, and and had to go belly up the next year and that sounds, to satisfy the I, IRS bill. Yeah, I think that can sound a little bit weird to people who don't uh, have a business, maybe not. So when I met Nick, he first, not first thing, but when we got going but to But second business, thing, definitely. Second, second Hi, thing my happened, name is, let's talk about taxes. Let's go to Excel spreadsheets. He has like <laughs> these spreadsheets and I'm very much like the opposite of that. Um, so, and I think a lot of business owners are, they like doing the thing that they're doing or they like doing the sales or whatever it may be. But like, I, until basically this year, I pretty much have always said, like, I'll deal with taxes when tax time comes. Right. <laughs> like, and just hope I have enough. Like, and I usually try to keep a, you know, heavy amount of cash around, but it's still not a good way to do things. So it's different personality types, of course, but you can't really have a good business that runs that way. Um, but again, it's easy, especially when you're first starting out. You can't be, it's hard to worry about those things. In my head, it's like, I got to get another client. I got to do this thing and this thing. So. And the easiest way to do it is just, you know, take 20 to 30% out of every dollar you make and put it into a savings account. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, if the IRS man takes it, you plan for it. If the IRS man doesn't take it, then congratulations. We'll call that a bonus. Yeah. Or hire someone who that is. And that's really nice. That's really what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> it's the team around you that you build because I think I'm very knowledgeable about taxes and write-offs and all this stuff. I, I attended a uh, National Association of Realtor tax class a few weeks ago, and I was probably the most annoying student in there. I, I thought I had every answer. I was you know, reminding the CPA that was there, like, hey, don't forget that you can buy a gun once a year for personal protection and, and stuff like that. So um, 
I think you think it's like a cheat code. And I think you're, you're getting around the yeah, system. I'm you trying. Like but the thing is, like, yeah. like I, well, I was just talking about this the other day. I'm like, I feel like I'm cheating our government out of money because I took a client out to dinner to talk about, you know, upcoming sales. Yeah. And I was like, I, don't, I feel so bad writing off this, this dinner. But then I was like, no, this is literally what the tax code says. Like, this is why I'm allowed to use this as a business expense because I'm sitting here with a client. We're having dinner and we're talking about selling his house and potentially buying an investment property. Like, that is to the code, but it still feels dirty, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, are you? Do you deal a lot with the tax? So, going off my first, do you deal a lot with that side of it as much in the bookkeeping, or you're just kind of getting things ready for? She does advise us. You're advising me quite often, but yeah. you're not the one writing it off. That yeah, is I'll the, be like, oh, we need to talk to Mike <laughs> about that one. Okay. <laughs> but I also have grandiose ideas ready. a lot that yeah. I bring to you that you, yeah. you ground me. Too. How many personal protection machine guns? Can <laughs> I Not have? so much that. I'm like, all right, well, if I put a trust and I put this company in here and I hire this employee as part of this company, can I write their salary off on this company? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's just not this. do that. Let's just put them in there as an you know, employee and pay them a fair living wage. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what we do is take all the information, get it all right, any questions, so that when you know you're tax planning with your CPA, which you should be, don't go to them in January with all your stuff. Like, go see them throughout the year mm-hmm. so they know what's going on and they can tax plan for you. Because um, they can't do anything if the year's already over. Mm-hmm. They can't. Yeah. Um, and then they're slammed. I had this was my last yes, year. I, I really liked my CPA. Slammed. The first year was like great, this and that. And then last year, um, yeah, they were just so busy. Couldn't really get much done in time. And we had to get extension. You know, so it's like, all right. Well, and there are things like extensions like you just hit on. But yeah. I just, I, there are... So many business owners that, that, and I was one of them this year. I'm going to try to be different that next year. But like the day before tax day or the week before tax, you know, day, they're 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 dropping all the paperwork. Well, hey, get this done for me. Yeah, it's just a formula. You're just plugging the numbers. There's so much more to it. Yeah, and um, and then you're filing extension after extension, and that becomes problematic in other ways. For example, we're real estate agents, so in real estate, you need to be pre-approved for a loan, and so your tax returns for the last two or three years as a business owner are very important to get you pre-approved for a high amount. And the issue that we always see is, oh, we're waiting for my accountant. We're waiting for my accountant. We're waiting for my accountant. And now we're missing deals. We're missing the inventory rush. Mm-hmm. We're missing, you know, early bird gets the worm, right? Well, we're now behind the power curve. Mm-hmm. And so uh, having a good team built around you is important. So that bookkeeper, that CPA, that, that attorney, if you're, depending on what business you're in. Um, and so it's knowing what everybody does for you, but then outsourcing that work to buy back your time. Yeah. So what are some of the main things that you do for me, Summit, uh, and some of the other businesses that you work with that really allow us to kind of step back and, and, and have more time? So you said you, you gather all of the, the information. So that yeah. would be like what? What information are you collecting? Bank statements, credit card statements, loan balances, um, stuff like Expenditures that. Expenditures in general, yeah, right? Any so anything that's money's going out, money coming in. See. Um, this the, is my nightmare job. <laughs> I don't know if that, I was clear on that before, but this is like all the things I hate. One of our <laughs> agents in the side. office is a CPA, and he said, screw that. I'm going to do real estate. So <laughs> who's, who's that? Brian. Oh, I didn't know he's Brian a has a degree. I didn't know that either. He has, a, he has an accounting degree. Oh, man. Some people just make bad decisions, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> As he's sitting next to it. Well, no, I'm you know, it's, but it depends on the there's personality. Somebody, you know, I felt this is like my calling in life. Good, it's, good. um how 
I knew that is I, I had been working in accounting offices and stuff and I was going to school and I started as a secretary at a, um, an, for an appraiser and the bookkeeper was gone one day and he was like, Hey, can you reconcile my account? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I go in there and I start reconciling and realize that she had been embezzling money. Oh, and I was man. young, I was like 20 and I, you know, I go to the owner and I'm like, Hey, I, I found this. Like, I'm, this isn't real. Is it like, is it okay? And he was like, what? Like he had no idea. Oh, and I and this was the guy who was embezzling? No, no, no. No, this is the business owner. Okay. And, um, oh no, you caught me. By the way, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you, had you had any like formal training to do? Like, why would he I ask you? I reconcile accounts. Oh, okay. And, you know, I'd taken some accounting classes and worked gotcha. in accounting offices. Because, like, nobody in my whole life has ever asked me to do that. Hey, by the way, on the side here, I, can you reconcile? You got, you got the vibe from me. Yeah, I think like, so. <laughs> and anyway, so that is kind of what, um, made me okay this is this is my calling like we need honest people uh-huh. that um can bring value to this industry so mm-hmm. um that's how i got started and there's so and much embezzling going on all across. i mean i i've never i was like I, that that's some white collar wall street crap i'm never gonna see that i grew up in the foothills of virginia and the appalachian mountains i was like i'm never gonna come up since i've moved to alaska and actually gotten into the business world i know like Four or five embezzling cases here locally, uh, you know, people's employees that are just taking money that are just, you know, hey, we'll put $100 here, but I'm going to take 10 and put it here. And it's always small fractions over a long period of time that build up. I mean, I'm sure our government does it to themselves where, you know, we'll take, well, we'll take this million dollars, but we'll take this, you know, hundred grand every, every now and again and keep putting in this account. So there's a couple billion over there and then they pay for UFO research. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the embezzling stuff, um, you hear about a lot, a lot. And that, that's one of my concerns with being the way I am is like, all right, I need to be able to actually know how to do this stuff, at least like from time to time to be able to look at the numbers and, and see if something like that was happening. Um, but it's, I don't know if it's like something people just don't feel guilty about as much. Like they think, ah, it's just a little bit and it's a big business, yeah. but it happens it's with like local stuff. Entitlement yeah. Stuff. They don't pay me enough. So what's, what's $10 off of this? What's a hundred dollars here? And it adds up. Yeah. Like yeah. end of the year, you got like 10, 15, 20 grand gone or something. So, so you know, when I go into a company, like kind of what I'm known for is cleaning up after a What mess. a relief. So I, (laughs) my life is a mess. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's one of the things we're looking for is like, where could this be happening or let's not let that happen in the future. Um, so you're like the financial police of a business. I was thinking the Marie Kondo, the organizing lady. But for yeah. people's books, yeah. yeah. If you don't love it, throw it away. (laughs) I think that's a wrong accent. (laughs) I do have, um, I have clients that are like, oh, I just want to make you a signer so you can just pay all the bills. And and it's like, no, like this is, you know, one of the things. Now you you're setting me up to a bezel. I'm really not no, trustworthy. That's not what we do. Like yeah. you need to. So when, you know, the books are ready for them and you're, I'm like just teaching business owners how to read a profit and loss, how to read a balance sheet. And that's important because it really is just a bunch of numbers on a page. And yeah, they so don't if know you don't understand um, what you're looking at, it's. It's so, overwhelming. you know, a good b- bookkeeper will explain things, answer questions, and be working with a CPA to help make sure 
everything's going in the right direction. So. And again, you don't need a bookkeeper. You can have your CPA do all of this, but then you're going to pay your CPA exponentially more. Um, the prep time and using their systems. A bookkeeper is the day-to-day person you're talking about with your finances and your accounts and statements by day to day and probably month to month. Um, that's also who you're working with about payroll, which we're going to get into in just a second because most people don't even know what that is. Um, but then your actual CPA that's filing your taxes is only taking all of those books, right? All of that data and then just plugging it in. So all the prep work's done. And so really there's just a filing fee and it, it becomes a lot more affordable while having more value added. Um, but payroll, that's a big monster. Um, and so what is payroll? How often is it paid? How do you factor it in? Can you just give us like a two-minute two crash course okay, while so still being a master class on <laughs> payroll? Yeah, so payroll, that's where you're paying employees, right? Not Contractors is separate. So employees where you're giving them a W-2 at the end of the year, taking out their taxes, paying that, and... Yeah, there's lots of forms throughout the year that are filed. Every business is going to be different when when they're paying. You know, if you're a certified, if you're working on base and you have a certified job, you're paying once a week. If you're a realtor, maybe you do it once a month, maybe you do it once a quarter. It's just once a year. Oh, whatever. I've seen people that yep, do once a year too. Just people that do just once a year at the end of the year. They just um, pay themselves one big paycheck. So what are some pros and cons of doing it weekly, monthly, uh, quarterly, or annually? Um, it really depends on the business. I Let's stick with real estate. Real um, estate. Since a lot of our uh, listeners are homeowners that own investment properties and or real estate agents. So. Yeah. So real estate agents, you're gon- going to want to get just on a regular schedule. A lot of realtors just do once a year at the end of the year to pay the tax that they're going to owe. Um, that's where they get in trouble. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, you made, you know, $150,000, yeah. you're paying yourself a hundred grand. You think there's a $50,000 bonus in there and all of a sudden yeah. you owe 75 grand Yeah. and your mortgage ate up all of that and your grocery bill ate up the rest. So what I, what I aim for is quarterly or monthly for realtors. So it's not this big surprise at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, did you save? X amount of dollars. Right. Know. So it's projected and you can be like, all right, our goal is this. Yeah. And, and even if you overpay, then you get back on your tax return. Yeah. So that's where filing is great. Um, so ta- so payroll is paid in different increments, but what is, what is payroll? I mean, so you said it's when you pay your employees, but what does that mean? Is it, is it a tax for having an employee? Is it a cost of doing business? What exactly is payroll? What is it used for? And why do employees not pay payroll? So the payroll tax you're paying, the company is paying the Social Security Medicare, which is um, Medicare's 0.029% or something. And Social Security is like 7.7% or whatever. But... um, that's an expense to the business on top of the wage, you know, and then you got workman's comp that you got to have. But um, if you're planning on hiring or um, you got to figure out your wage for the year, if you're a realtor, that's where a bookkeeper can help. Like, hey, you've made this much, you're going to net this much. Um, this is what you need to at least make. So. I have a question. Yeah. Not about payroll, not about bookkeeping. 
I heard that you bought a laundromat. <laughs> Is that true? I, I bought a car wash. A car wash? <laughs> he told me laundromat. I said car wash. He lies. He lies. He said yeah. laundromat 100%. I did start with laundromat <laughs> because I'm thinking so you don't have a laundromat. laundry or something. No, <laughs> okay. car wash. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Which that's good, I, too. I saw Fairbanks Laundry, too, and I was like, ooh, I want to talk to that owner. Oh, uh, I'm pissed yeah. off. Uh, I was talking about doing a laundromat about two years ago, <laughs> and I was, like, trying to get investors, and all of a sudden, boom, laundromat pops up. I'm like, great. Okay. Yeah. Then I was talking yeah. about doing uh, self-storage. Um, like a U-Haul self-storage, but like yeah. independently owned. And boom, two of those popped up, especially down North Pole where I felt like one was needed. There's one right off the highway now. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, just uh, three months ago, me and Tim Henry were talking about, you know, everywhere else has these like boat and gr- like RV condos that are a great idea. Yeah. And we should build some of those because like I don't want my RV sitting out in the snow and I know these boat yards are all full and in the winter yeah. people get mad that they have to shovel out their boats. Yes. Yeah. And we're in Alaska. Come on, every fifth person has a boat. Yeah. I'm not one of those five. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm sad about that. I'm going to get one one day. Uh, so we were talking about this, this boat warm storage RV condo complex where you basically just build a bunch of garages and then sell them individually and then there's an HOA to heat the building, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did I see yesterday driving down the highway again? They're building a boat and RV condo complex at? right at the old crappy red motel right off oh, of the... Oh, is that what that's going to be? Yep. Oh. Right next that Span Alaska uh, trucking company. Yeah, yeah. So I swear yes. that we are bugged, or the government's <laughs> listening, or my competition's out there, or something, and it has tabs on me, but or maybe it's this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> maybe people are just listening. <laughs> Keep talking about it. <laughs> Damn it. No, there's probably so, still room for a lot of those things as well, though. I think like so, too, because there's no competition, right? Yeah. I mean, there is in the storage world a little bit. There's a couple. Yeah. And, and all I hear is that these things make buku money. And you hear the same thing. We've, we've had lunch over this and discussed these things. But um, I never, ever, ever see anyone at the six self-storage units. I swear it's got to be some kind of cartel money laundering operation. <laughs> That's the joke that I got, like, uh, the Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad, Ozarks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, how many? Yeah. <laughs> Insert. Like you're making money. I yeah. don't really care where it comes from. Any crime drama. <laughs> yeah. So, car wash. How's that going? How long did you just buy it? Is it yes, it's a brand new thing. Okay. There's there's three of us that own it. It's it's a um, which one? Sweat is it? equity. What's well, that here? It's Arizona. It's oh. in Arizona. Oh, okay, yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah, you got a longer season. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like all year round. I got you. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I would still be interested in doing a touchless, warm storage year round wash house. What are we calling? Yeah. Uh, anyway. With dancing girls. Exactly, sure. And a bar, too. We need a liquor license. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a building where you can pull in. It's warm. You wash your car. Pole dancers and beer served on the side. There we go. I think that would make a lot of money in Fairbanks. We've got it all. Yeah. It's going to come up next week. Right. Watch it. (laughs) Sinrock closes down and opens up. There's touchless car wash. Yeah. So, uh, Touchless and topless. I've always heard, so I live down south, and... For a brief time, I was going to, but I didn't actually. I was going to manage a car wash, and the guys I was talking to, they were young at the time, probably like 23, 24. They had bought like six of these things because um, when they were like 19, they pulled all their money and bought one, and it was awesome. You know, real cool story. But for you, just starting, so I'm sure you don't have like a bunch of history on it and stuff. What got you interested in the first place? Um, nobody has to be there 24-7. Mm. Like it's, you know, one of the self-serve ones. Um, we do have to go there and maintain it, take out the trash. It's been great for our kids because um, 
gives them a job to do. They can take out the trash, they can sweep up whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clean up stuff. So it's been it's been good for that too. Teach them some work yeah. ethic and a, a way to earn a little bit of money. And grind and, and all that. Yeah. How long have you had it? Three months. Oh, okay. So Brand it's new. still new. Lots of sweat equity to put in, and yeah, was this like a established business? I assume. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's already running and stuff. We're just gonna be kind of updating things and right, right. Like Getting away from coins and tokens, probably going to some. I would love to get rid of the cash things. aspect because, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like in the best part of town, so it's kind of you know. You're worried about cash. people. You as a bookkeeper may not know this, but I've always heard any amount of cash, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. All my waitress friends tell me that, you know, they don't have to uh, claim their You will tips. never hear me say that. <laughs> you tell me all the time. When we're not on the microphone here, you're always telling me that. <laughs> so um, going back to Midnight Sun. Yeah. Now, is Midnight Sun only in Alaska, or is that also you have a branch in Arizona? I mean, I can serve clients anywhere. Mm. I have clients on the East Coast, you know, I, the whole gambit. Do you ever get them. asked, like, there's no sun at midnight. Why are, why are you called that? Yeah, they, I have had They're confused everywhere like, except for here. I'm like, well, I'm from Alaska. Where we have yeah. sun yeah. at midnight. <laughs> or you're just talking about global, how Alaska, you say, just change their name to global. And because they're in more places than Alaska, and how that's stupid. They should just but, stay Alaska and, 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 that's where they start. And, and yeah. this is yeah. not Claim fact. It. This is just what I was told. I wanted. I, I might be misremembering, but um, they started buying up smaller, locally branched businesses in Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Yeah. And now they actually have more branches in those three states than in Alaska. Oh. So then I was like, okay, well, that's great. But still, why didn't you just went go from Alaska, USA to USA Federal Credit Union or something like that? And they're like, well, we have one branch in Austria. Yeah. Oh, so wow. because of the one building in Austria. <laughs> By the way, still. hey, Europeans love Alaska, okay? Like, Ikea is uh, not going to change their name to Kevin. I don't know what Ikea <laughs> is, but, you know, it's like they came from Alaska. People love Alaska. Um, and if you do anything with, like, social media, if you put Alaska in your title, you get way more views than anything else. So I feel like people even, like, down south be like, yeah, I bank in Alaska, USA. Oh. And that's why we're changing our podcast name to the Alaskan Podcast. Yes. Coming soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit more about so your business. Like, I mean, I know you can't tell us who your clients are, there's confidentiality involved with that, but how many employees do you have? Um, what are some things that you look forward to every year? What are some benchmarks you're trying to hit and what, what what's next for your, uh, your business? So, um, I have about a dozen gals on our team and. For you Gen Zers, that's 12. <laughs> <laughs> All women? Yes. Women. Do you so think female that, on business sexist? Uh, no. Do you think that women uh, seem to fit better in those roles, or it just happened to be that way for you? Um, I I feel like that's who I connect with the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I want women to feel a value, and you know, I'm our Not schedules men. are very screw you guys. Well, <laughs> y'all don't have any value. Go go back to driving your trucks and digging holes. I I want to be part of that journey where yes. Um, yeah. You know, mom, stay-at-home moms or grandmas or... Opening they, up the workforce to a different Yeah, like category. flexible schedules. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so... What are some of the biggest hurdles that you, you come across on a daily basis? Um, hiring. Hiring. Yeah, that's <laughs> something I'd love to talk to you about because it's, hiring it's is hard. It is tough. I mean, so. you can vet someone's background. You can interview them. You can read the resume. But, like, personality types matter, too. Yes. And even though 
you know, the guy next to me can also be big, handsome, tattooed, and bearded doesn't mean that he's also going to be a great realtor. So, my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've I've been in business for seven years, and you know it's been this slow, gradual growth. Um, but I have a few gals that have been with me from the beginning, like my ride or dies, hmm. that are have the same vision. They care about the clients just as much as I do, which is really important in the business, right? Like you want your your team to be excited about where you're going and what you're doing and like I so it's awesome when you find those people that you can just trust and um, you know love the clients as much as you do like it's hard when I first started and you know I was having to learn how to delegate Delegation is hard hard. and I I was having to like learn how to do that and um not it was a baby. tough thing, but once I once on I the other did, end of the spectrum where I, I realized. Um, ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, once I realized that okay, I'm not the only one that cares or knows this thing, or you know, so that's that's probably. I think the key to delegating is really providing ownership to that person. So it's like it's not like, hey, I don't want to do this, Blake. You do it. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, Blake, you are the listing agent in this office. I want you to spearhead this and yeah. take over this this project and, yeah. and really own it. And then I feel more comfortable with the delegating. But it's really hard just to be like, hey, Blake, I need you to take this. And, yeah, and then not not empower him or them. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I'm I'm the opposite end of the spectrum, and to I would say to a fault where I've had many cases where I put stuff on people and it, you know, they maybe they weren't prepared or they were the wrong person for that thing. And then I just kind of forget about it. Like I'm very much like once I like say this thing needs to be done and it's off of my checklist, like I forget and then stuff would fall through the cracks or whatever it may be. So there's definitely like two sides of that where you can, you can't, you grudgingly like can't give away enough where the person can't actually help you or you give too much where they, you know, they're overloaded. And that's where I feel like the follow-ups uh, and that's really like the military spoiled me because I had amazing NCOs and first sergeants around me, platoon sergeants that just always like when I gave them a mission, they took it as a mission. It wasn't just a job or like, you know, something they had to do. Like this was a mission. This is something that had to be completed. Like the boss said so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came in the civilian world and I'm like, hey, every Friday I need an email <laughs> and can't even get that. And I'm like, all right, well, that was too hard. Let's back it up. Let, hey, every Friday I just want to sit down and talk to you. Yeah. And that becomes harder. So it's like there's a lot of leadership involved in delegating, running a business and operating a business and taking this full circle now, coming back and, and like I delegate almost all of my bookkeeping to you. I don't even, you know, and we're a well-oiled machine at this point where, you know, quarterly my payroll goes out, monthly send me an email asking for the statements, and it's just, it, it's very lockstep and, and easy to, to work with you guys. So thank yeah, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so cool. we're wrapping things up here, but uh, is there anywhere where we can find you? If somebody was interested in hiring you or using your services, wh- where can they find you? How should they approach you? And, and one last tip for everybody is how do you engage with a bookkeeper or interview them? So you take us out. Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, you can find us at midnightsunbookkeeping.com. There's, you know, ways to reach out mm-hmm. on our website. Um, finding a good bookkeeper. I mean... Midnight's a bookkeeping Read our Google reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's, there's lots of good bookkeepers, but it is, you know, just like a bad mechanic, a bad doctor. Right. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them out there. 
So if you just make sure to look at your P&L, look at your balance sheet, make sure it makes sense to you, um, that's kind of going to be a big part of you knowing whether they're doing their job so okay. that you're paying attention also. Absolutely. All right. Blake, anything to add? I don't think so. Well, I, I just off of that, like, and again, this kind of comes back to my uh, shortcomings as well, is you, like, I want to delegate everything and trust people implicitly, but there needs to be, like you're saying, check checks ups, and balance. checks and balances. So you need to know how to, like you're saying, just check your P&Ls and things. To a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't even know what I'd be looking for. Um, so being aware of that, and, and uh, not that I'm great at it myself now, but well, I'm if you a pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars a year on your balance sheet, your salary should be a hundred thousand dollars a year. You yeah, know, like, yeah. like, and if it says one hundred fifty or eighty five, like, call your bookkeeper good? and be like, hold yeah. on, I thought I'm paying myself a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, like, this go is coming the- from Excel spreadsheet guys. So to you, it's all very clear. <laughs> but again, like other people, their their heads are working different. I'm one of those where it's, you know, yes, I can track those things down. Um, where it's like, okay, this, these things aren't adding up, but it's, it's. I always say things are like light and heavy to you. So some things are really light for me to do, um, you know, talking with people and all that and the sales side of, that's light for me. But these kind of tasks are very heavy. And even if they're not hard, like when I know well, I have to- said heavy, it, not hard, because I, you're right. Like there's a lot of things where like, I don't want to sit down and do this. It's not hard. It's not time consuming. It's just And the time heavy. you get done, you're like, that was 20 minutes of my life. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. But the next time it comes up that I have to like review these things, like I have them in my calendar now to do them, do them. I'm like, I push it off sometimes a week. It's like, oh, I got some, a call I got to make or something. So anyways, that, that's kind of the, the difference where it's like, these things are not impossible to do, but, and some people lean more towards them very easily. Um, but yeah, I'm not one of those. So you just kind of <laughs> ask questions. That's kind of a big, just ask questions. You don't know something, you don't yeah. ask your bookkeeper, your CPA. I mean, there are bad CPAs too. I've worked with them. Mm-hmm. So. And taking us out, I'd say that that that's the golden nugget of this podcast. Like when I interviewed uh, RJG for my accounting, you for my bookkeeping, uh, all the agents, I tried to ask tough questions, specifically ones that I might not know. Um, so you can absolutely, you know, fake and see, make it lie to me, but I'm judging your response to my questions. And even when people interview me as a realtor, like what question should I be asking? I'm like that question right there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the hard questions, um, anything, and then see how I react. Even if it's a stupid question, see how I react. Do I laugh in your face? Well, I'm probably not the right realtor for you, right? Mm-hmm. Do I hold your hand and explain it to you? Maybe that's more your style, right? Um, do I go into technical details and and line it out for you so that you can understand it? Well, if that's your style, then then that's your realtor, that's your bookkeeper. So ask questions and really just watch for the responses. If you get somebody that doesn't know, like this deer in headlights, like, oh, crap, I don't know what payroll is, then you probably shouldn't hire them as your bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, go off your gut, too. Like go off your, your, gut. your gut will tell you. You have to like the people you're working with. If you don't, yeah. then it's... I'm it, a master at ignoring my gut. <laughs> so many times. It's so easy to do. Like, you, you get these feelings and you're like, again, I'm someone like, when I start something, I want to be done with that thing. And so, like, if I'm, I hate the idea of interviewing, like, multiple things, multiple people, I should say things, for a job or whatever it may be. It's like, I just want to call one person and get that that done. Um, so, anyways, you got to take the time and, and listen to your gut. <laughs> for <Well>. sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening today, guys. Hopefully, you got a little nugget of advice here. Thanks, Casey, for coming in today yes. and sitting with us. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you all later. All right, see you. Uh-huh.